I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here on this Friday. I'm looking forward to the weekend. But before we get there, we're going to hit something that is important. Uh, And it's one of those things that I've had some conversations with some people, and I've used the term groomer, and they just kind of rolled their eyes. And like, seriously, you know? And so I think it's a fair question. Is Well, first of all, what is a groomer? Uh, is, is, is it going on on a widespread basis? Is this something that the average person really needs to be aware of? If so, how do you know if it's going on? What do you do about it? All fabulous questions that I don't have the answer to, which is why I have a guest today, uh, Dr. Kelly Poffey, and she is a registered psychologist working in uh, private practice up in um, Alberta, Edmonton area in Canada. And uh, if you kind of follow trends, a lot of times uh, where Canada goes, the U.S. will follow in a lot of sort of sociological trends. Either way, um, we're going to find out if this is something that we should be concerned about, aware of, um, have our radar up, and know how to deal with it if we think there may be something uh, untoward going on, to put it mildly. Dr. Palfi, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Oh, great to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So let's start with, I think, the opening question. Uh, how do you define a groomer? Well, I would say in the context of the subject we're talking about, which would be uh, sexual abuse, uh, it would be the tactics that an offender would use to fool a victim, basically to fool the community. So offenders will go through a very elaborate preparation process, typically, before they offend. Um, Research shows that 95-ish percent of abuse is typically perpetrated by someone the child knows and loves. So if we're talking about, um, you know, outside of what might happen in the family, perhaps say an organizational situation, the offender will um, go through three stages of grooming. So they groom themselves first Hmm. to look the part. Um, They're trying to look the part of you know, the least likely person you would ever suspect would ever offend against a child. Mm. They groom the environment to believe that they're the least likely person who would ever offend. And then finally, they groom their potential victims. Interesting. Now, I hadn't thought about the first part of that, which is grooming themselves. Um, (laughs) I know, and I'm not, I really don't want to chase this down too much, but there have been in the past, obviously, serious issues within churches, uh, and specifically the Catholic Church, um, is that, I guess I always thought these were, you know, priests or pastors, whoever, who, for some reason, you know, something manifested in them that led them to abuse children. But are you suggesting that maybe some of them would go into that profession to hide? 
A hundred percent. Not just to hide, but more so to have like that reputation of being somebody who's honorable, somebody who's trustworthy, and also to allow them access to children, to allow them to be in that position of authority, to be in that trusted position. So offenders will educate themselves, volunteer, position themselves in careers where they know that they will have access to children. That's the bottom line. And they will go to great extents. You know, Randy, if you think about, for example, uh, you know, a healthy adult who has, say, an, a hockey infatuation, mm-hmm. you'll go to any length to follow your team, right? <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> so magnify that by a hundred or a thousand. Pedophiles will do anything to gain access to children, right? Mm. So, I mean, it's 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 shocking and terrifying the the length the lengths and extents that they will go to to um, make themselves, to position themselves in an environment where they will have access. So this can include getting a university degree, you know, going to theological school, Mm. uh, even marrying somebody who has children below their age of preference in hopes of offending against those children once he becomes of age, he or she becomes of age. I know it's terrifying. Yeah, I know. It just, it makes my skin crawl. Uh, And, you know, we've seen it in family situations where that exact thing has happened. Uh, Absolutely, with blended families, unfortunately. So, yeah, there's some there, there's some proof right there. I, I I I'm not going to condemn all people. I mean, I work in ministry. I don't work with children, so I mean, I, I would never say, oh, if someone is wants to become a pastor or a youth pastor, they must be grooming themselves <laughs> to be, you know, yeah. uh, an offender, sex offender. So I, I don't <laughs> want to do that. At the mm-hmm. same time. Are there professions that they might be drawn to to allow them access to children that might be common? Absolutely. Any profession where they're going to have access to children, whether that's teaching or coaching or, you know, even a police officer, you know, sadly. Yeah, they're very drawn to these types of professions, principals, anywhere they're going to have access to children. You know, I mean, it could even be the janitor, right? So these people will find a way is the bottom line. Um, I would be happy to walk you through the process that we kind of understand. Um, And again, this isn't to say that um, every offender engages in this elaborate of a process and certainly not necessarily in the perfect order, but a large, a large majority of them will do this. And, and then maybe at the end we could discuss after, after we've kind of made sense of that, discuss, you know, some of the red flags that might make yeah. it more obvious. Yeah. Yeah. To, no, yeah. No, we would definitely need to get there. So walk me through a little bit of the process so we understand and we may be able to get to the point where we can spot the red flags. Perfect. Thank you. Um, yeah. So first off, like I mentioned, they will groom themselves. So they will, you know, find their target environment and situate themselves so that they have the proper education, proper credentials, what have you, to get into that environment. Once they're in that environment, they will, you know, befriend the other adults. They will um, fill the role. Um, one of the red flags, which I could share would be um, at this stage would be, you know, they might become a, just a little bit too helpful. So, um, you know, they will be the ones that are willing to go to any extent to help um, no matter how inconvenient it might be for them Um, but yeah so they will groom their environment you know they could be doing things like um, you know just like always volunteering or volunteering for just anything involving that 
particular age group that is their age and gender of preference. And they basically just situate themselves in that environment. They will befriend the parents of their target children oftentimes, which is terrifying. I know no one wants to suspect their friends. And um, then gradually work towards feeling some sort of a void that they can identify in their child, in the target child. Yeah, yeah. Here's what's confusing to me. Um, (laughs) A a lot of people who have genuine servants' hearts, uh, who are Christians who want to impact people for, for good, would do the same thing. Absolutely. And I'm really glad you point that out because I'm not used to dealing with those people. <laughs> so, I mean, so the question would be, how do you know the difference? If I mean, if, if my kids or grandsons, whatever, Boy Scout leader is like, hey, we want to take these boys out and let them experience the great outdoors and, and you know, cook around well, a campfire and sure. go hiking. I'm like, yes, but should yeah. I be going, you're a groomer? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, let's jump to that. Like what we'd be looking for in that situation. So, you know, if you got, you know, for example, in that environment, some of the red flags I would be cautioning people to watch for would be, you know, if you're in a group situation, does the adult still re- relate to other adults or are they 100% focused on the kids? Mm. Um, you know, if they're, if you're asking them serious questions and they're dodging or deflecting, um, possibly trying to bring, you know, their own friends or their own previous mentors or something along, you know, um, like, for example, uh, an offender will often lower the inhibitions of a child by showing them other illicit material involving other children or something like that or having someone else convince them that this is an okay thing to do so uh, you know if you're yeah if you're you know out and about you know if you're in that environment where you're you know do i send my kids to camp or not i mean i would hope that you know the agency would have an elaborate screening process some of the things you might watch for would be um you know if and 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 none of these are are singularly written in stone like when i say the first one it would actually describe me you know has the person moved a lot and changed jobs well Mm. i have but the difference is i'm not trying to be alone with your children right right? right. i don't i don't volunteer at at children's agencies so a lot of times they're going to have a sole focus just on children of a certain age and preference and um, they may kind of try to fight you if you try to move them in a different area of ministry or something like that Mm. Um, they may also be, this is a huge red flag as if like, let's say I would hope the origin organization would have rules about never being alone with a child. They will really try to push that boundary. They'll say, Hey, you know what? Like he cut his finger. I got to take him by myself or, um, you know, they'll, they'll create some sort of an emergency or some sort of a situation where they will try to be alone with that child. And I mean, not to say that all abuse happens in a alone situation, but I would say a majority of it would probably um other than you know say swimming pools or something like that but offenders will yeah they'll they, it's in a very elaborate process so in the in the grooming you know like and like again these stages are not just you know you know perfectly linear order but for example an offender will try to touch a child in a non-sexual manner and oftentimes in front of the parent so that both the parent and the child deem it as acceptable, mm. right? Um, just, you know, things like teaching them to wrestle or play fight. And, you know, the child will see that mom and dad are watching and, and believe that this is acceptable. Wow. And then progressively when um, they get them into a situation where they're alone, that touch will gradually increase to something more um, inappropriate eventually. Yeah. Um, which uh, offenders can take months, weeks, months, years 
in the grooming process, waiting for that child to become their age and preference, uh, age, age of preference. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really important for parents to become aware of the grooming process, right? They're going to groom themselves to fit into the environment, groom the environment to let, let them think they're the least likely person you'd ever suspect would harm a child. And then they're going to, you know, slowly work towards uh, a, a personal relationship with the child. And oftentimes this can be the person who puts themselves in a position to be a coach, like a, mm. a hockey coach or something like that. And they'll take the child on and and, and personally mentor them. Mm. Lots of times they'll have a favorite child that they will say, you know, I really see a lot of skill in that person, which is wonderful. Of course, there's children with special skills. Right. But when the red flags come in or is when he's trying to get, you know, I'm going to a game in Toronto. I think it'd be really good for your son because, you know, he's going to be playing in the big league someday. I really think he should come with me ding 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 red flag yeah. don't let your child go alone overnight with a someone who's not yeah right. trusted unfortunately yeah. yeah no no and and that's i i think we all want to think the best of each other and and i'm not saying we shouldn't uh but there are some things you just don't do uh with children let me ask you this how how widespread of a problem is this is this just isolated case here and there or is this I honestly believe it's way bigger than you and I can even imagine. Mm. Like, unfortunately, you know, with the internet, this is how we know these things by, you know, the the plethora of evidence that sees police have when they seize, you know, for example, one pedophile's computer, right? Mm. Hundreds of thousands of images. Mm. These are all these images are all being created somewhere, right? Like, if you like, it's very commonly accepted in academia, you know, and in most circles that, you know, we all know that we all say that like, you know, approximately one out of every three women is abused before the age of 18 and one of one out of every three, one out of every six males. That's a very accepted statistic. Well, when you add those two up, that's 42% of our youth. That's, that's disturbing. Uh, like that's do, really awful. do you think, it, has this seen, an, has this seen an uptick, um, whether it's since the internet, uh, or, maybe with some cultural changes? Have you seen an uptick in this? I mean, it's hard to say because I think we're making it more acceptable for boys and men to come forward, so they are. And, you know, there's more resources out there, but is it happening more? Not yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think, Go ahead, please. I was going to say I'm hearing a lot that with COVID, there's a lot more activity because, you know, people, kids are locked in their house with offenders or locked alone with them, right? Mm. Oh, God bless. There's, <laughs> it's become a little politicized down here in the States, I know. Um, and a lot of it, it dovetails with uh, the LGBT, whatever the rest of the alphabet is, movements. Um, while, you know, I totally respect the right of, someone who's gay to pretty much, you know, live their lives as they want. I don't want them teaching my children or dressing a man, dressing as a woman and giving my child a lap dance at school or a library or a mall or wherever. Um, is this, it, it looks to, uh, on the outside, just looking in like there is a very, very aggressive movement to normalize, the sexualization of children and that a lot of the culture and even schools are participating in it. Am am I just yep. imagining things? 
Not at all. In Canada, there's been teachers that are pushing that we can't use the word pedophile anymore. We're supposed to use infant attracted, which is mortifying. Infant attracted. As if it's acceptable, as if it's okay and harm isn't done. It's terrible. Randy, a, a biblical principle, and unfortunately, I truly believe we've come to this place in society. Biblical principle of the law of first mention. We literally, we just simply have to be the first to teach our kids about this. Mm. We have to teach our kids, you know, the male-female thing. We have to teach our kids. Unfortunately, we I believe we have to teach our kids that child sexual abuse is a thing and grooming is a thing. Because, you know, I had a girlfriend call me the other day and she homeschools her kids for this very reason. Mm. She, she is with her kids 24-7. But one particular day, her kids had an outing at a climbing gym here in Edmonton and um, probably too much information for the internet but she she left them alone inside she was literally outside the gym the whole day she just wasn't feeling well couldn't be around that many people and she said her daughter came out at the end of the day and said mommy this man was so nice he was with me all day and I almost threw up in my mouth when she said that and I, I was like please tell me you see this as a red flag and she was like yeah never going back there she was horrified but like this kid just thought this person was the most wonderful thing and he was with me all day yet despite the fact that there was hundreds of kids there he focused all of his attention on her daughter uh according to her daughter yeah uh yeah i would make any parent a a little nervous to say the least Um, she was mortified yeah she was like Thank you that I'm aware that this is an issue because we won't be going back there. So what do we what do we what do we do? I mean, obviously talk to your children, teach them as age appropriate lesson as you can. Uh, but I mean, what, is the answer just never let them out of your sight? I I I honestly think, unfortunately, we have to educate them. Yeah, like we have to teach them that you know sometimes people that we think are safe. Don't stay safe, people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, if this happens, if someone tries to access your underwear or asks you to touch them or anything yeah. like that, you need to tell mom and dad. You need to tell somebody safe, right? Yeah. Uh, all, all very important things on a personal level. Uh, I'm guessing you probably, uh, are you involved in any way with any of the legislation up where you're at or any awareness campaigns to combat a little bit of the the social normalization that, that, is being attempted towards this thing? Um, other than the free to care uh, group, I'm not involved with too much. Yeah. But yeah, we have a, we have a group called Free to Care, and it's a faith based organization, and they're, you know, going around ad- educating and advocating. So they have lawyers that are involved okay. and stuff. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I support no. them. Yeah. Well, good, good, because my my question is, what is what does the average person parent do? I mean, yeah, we can. We can arm ourselves. You just can't. I mean, I had four kids. I know you can't watch them 24 seven. My kids all went to public school. They played on soccer teams and hockey teams, you know, Um, they went to the youth group at church, all all places where adults are interacting with children. I I just, I I don't want to frighten people. I want them to be aware, but at the same time, you, you can't just stop living life because you're in fear you know what i'm saying absolutely yeah and i mean nobody is going to be doing a child any favors if they bubble wrap them and don't (laughs) let them get out in the world either right so yeah i I honestly think the balance has to be you know educating them making sure that the agencies that you're involved with are reputable uh um you know um you can get involved with you know just like what is your vetting process you know again for example if someone 
you know, if someone's got a lot of moves, which again, I do, but I'm not trying to access children. It's all been career related right. or, or have, have you mostly, or, um, you know, if they got a lot of unexplainable moves, which, you know, like me, I could say, oh yeah, I moved to U of A because I was going to go to school. Then I did, then I wanted to get out of the city. So I moved out to the country, you know, somebody who might be being vague about why they've made moves or switched careers or even bad mouthing their last agency or whatever, you know, uh, that, you know, those kinds of things, just be aware if, if someone has difficulty relating to other adults, they might not be the best person for you to allow your children to be around. So I really think it comes down to we need to educate ourselves so that we have eyes to see, pray about it. You know, the Holy Spirit is wonderful to warn us in bad situations. Don't ignore that. Yeah. And then to be honest, I really believe like, as a church, as a body, we need to do a much better job about holding people accountable, too. Okay, let me ask you about that. I'll tell people again, we're talking to Dr. Kelly Palfi, a registered psychologist up in Alberta. And uh, if I can pull it up real quick, I'll show you her website. Uh, if you want to follow up with her, you can do that. Dr. Kelly Palfi right there. It is kellypalfi.com. Uh, and so she's got a podcast and some more information on all sorts of great things. So definitely worth following up but here, here's here's my question for someone who sees what they think is a red flag uh or has seen it you know and and they're not sure what to do about it because we don't want to get into false accusations we don't want to get mm-hmm. into slander legal trouble for slandering somebody uh and we you know we just don't want to start witch hunts what's mm-hmm. the proper response if you think you're child's coach or you know scout leader organizing a group leader youth leader uh teacher if you think they may be grooming what's the proper response of a parent again i think educating your children so that if they are in that environment if something happened they would know to say no so and also, you know, I mean, in that situation, I might consider educating the person that I was worried about that my children know about pedophiles, you know, okay. my children have been taught because if my children are taught and my children have permission to say no, and they can be, you know, they can feel safe and comfortable coming to me if something happens, that offender might be a lot less likely to offend against that child. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think it comes down to us talking about this, us being vocal about it, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I, because if an offender knows that a child has strong boundaries and they will test children, so offenders will test, they'll they'll put up little loyalty tests, for mm. example, like, Randy, I can imagine that your children were taught not to swear and stuff like that. Someone who might want to offend against your child might swear in front of them, which would be one way that they would instill this sort of expectation of secrecy. Hmm. So if the child doesn't go and tell you that he swore in front of them, it's like they've got this little secret now. So, Hmm. you know, teaching kids that if somebody, you know, breaches, you know, our boundaries, because one one of you know you have to tell us one of the things that pedophiles will do is they will they will allow children to do things that their parents don't allow them to do whether that's um you know playing a could start off with something as you know harmless as playing a video game right. so you know they will treat them as if they're older than they are mm-hmm. they will um ask them about their knowledge about sexual matters right. they will maybe even imply that they have knowledge and in the end get to their agenda by offering to teach them that's one of the processes that they will engage in 
So, you know, teaching your kids that we don't keep secrets. We can have surprises, but there's no secrets in this family. Like a surprise has an end date. You know, if it's dad's birthday on Friday, we can not tell him we bought him a birthday cake, but it will be exposed on Friday, right? So unfortunately, I do think that's what what it's come to, right? Um, Also, I would say get support. If you're... If you're nervous, if your gut instinct is something's not right, mm-hmm. trust it, pray about it, and get support. You know, go to another parent and say, you know, I'll give you an example in my own personal life. I just moved uh, out of the city, and I saw a boy in my alley make a very sudden and, um, in my opinion, inappropriate relationship with two little boys across the back alley. This kid was never on his bike before. And now suddenly he's building ramps for these kids. He's jumping with them. He's out there 24 seven. Well, my guts just churned. I went to the other parent and I said, Hey, I could be wrong, but this is who I am. And this is what I know. And I said, like, my red flags are going off about this. This boy does not have age appropriate friends of his own. And he's suddenly befriended your three boys. And the neighbor thanked me he said you know what I didn't like it either I was I was my gut mm-hmm. instinct was going off too but now mm-hmm. that you tell me he's like they won't be having anything and I gave him a copy of my book and <laughs> he, read, he read it and he just he he literally came to my house and said thank you I think you just prevented abuse right like wow. so I guess yeah get support if you have a gut instinct or the Holy Spirit warns you don't ignore that yeah oh well yeah and I think the biggest thing is that your book men too is that the, the book yeah. yeah. So, and available on, on Kelly's website if you want to follow up with that. She's got a, some great resources again to prevent oh, yeah. this kind of thing. Let me let me ask you one more thing for the, yeah, and show us those. Please do show us those. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me so, ask you. Well, go ahead and show us those, and then I'll ask you my last question. This is good. You can go first. <laughs> ah, you go. Uh, okay, so we know that it's awkward for parents to, what do you say to your kids? Like, how do we teach them without traumatizing them? So myself and uh, Dr. Wanda Paltzen, who's the clinical director of our youth um, inpatient treatment facility here in Edmonton, we co-authored three children's books together. Well, one's more for teens, but so uh, one is called The Unsafe Neighbor, mm. and it's it's a mostly vanilla story about um, a child who is groomed by his father's co-worker you know he lures him with a puppy dog and it has a happy ending the the boy gets a puppy dog in the end and and it's you know it's it doesn't show a lot it does show the boy having a just an uncomfortable look on his face um the 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 dad's friend lures him into a camping trip and um you know he yeah so he's got some uncomfortable looks on his face but um so it's it's got some teaching points it's meant for the parent to read to the child and you know just just to help parents have those uncomfortable but in my opinion necessary conversations yeah then the next one is called Positively Me, and it's a story about a young girl who has been abused and ends up needing to go to therapy where she meets a rugby, the therapy dog, and has a great experience there. How's your therapy then, dog doing right now? She's amazing. She's, <laughs> she's crashed out. <laughs> I hope you can't hear her snoring. No, no. <laughs> and then the last one is called Unfriend Her, and it's a story about how a young teenage girl accidentally gets caught up in um, you know, a modeling ring, which turns mm-hmm. out to be a human trafficking ring. And mm-hmm. again, you know, it's, they got good endings, but the message is there. So, uh, just to teach parents, to teach kids like, Hey, this can happen. Okay. Uh, I hate that we have to talk about this, but if we can prevent abuse of one child, then 
that's you know it's it's worth it all. And if if you're concerned about your children, then uh, follow up uh, with any any good resources. But Kelly Poffy's got some at kellypoffy.com right there for you. My last question um, is is for the for us good guys. I'd like to think of myself as one. Maybe I'm a, a pastor at a, at a church, a small church, where I've got lots of volunteers, which leaves lots of open doors, I know. Uh, or maybe I'm a, a coach uh, of a youth league because I, I want to help the kids. I, I tell you what I have seen is coaches who coach their own kids and their co- their own kids get up into you know middle school, high school uh, sports, and they keep coaching in the lower levels because they really – love making a positive impact on these kids, right? Um, how do you make sure that, uh, one, groomers don't try to get in your group uh, mm-hmm. and that you give the parents the reassurance that you're not doing anything uh, untoward, right? Well, I think transparency would be a big thing too, right? Like there's no... For example, um, you know, practices are open to parents popping in, maybe, you know, one or two, um, one or two, I don't want to say guards, but people, you know, the showers are not, you know, the showers are not a place where boys fool around kind of thing. Um, um, Again, like just educating yourself, educating your children and, and just being like, you know, having that, that absolute screening process before someone's allowed to be a, yeah. a coach or whatever, like criminal record checks, you know, interviews. I actually just read stuff out of this book this morning. It's called Safe and it's um, Safe Guidelines to Preventing Child Molestation in Mentoring and Youth Servicing or Serving Organizations. There's some really good points in there. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably put that book up on my website. I just got it yesterday in the mm-hmm. mail. Um, but yeah, so again, those warning signs, and this is where I'm getting this information from, like, you know, stuff that I agree with, like, is that person like overly available and really focused on one age group? Um, again, not just one thing, but a combination of a couple things, right? Like if they don't relate to adults, if they're, um, vague about their answers, if they're, you know, for example, in a, in a church organization, you're going to have rules about, you know, we don't pay for things out of our own pocket. Anything that's going to be funded for the group is going to come from the agency. These types of people are going to break that rule. And, you know, I just, I just, he needed some skates. So I bought him some skates, oh, right? They're yeah. going to lavish the kid with gifts. So being like, being aware of those red flags, like it seems like a nice honorable gesture, but again, they're, they're stretching the rules because if you're okay with it, Randy, I know you said I'm not supposed to buy the kid skates, but if you allow me to do that, I've already, it's a slippery slope. I can maybe get away with a little bit more because I know I got away with this, right? So, um, yeah, again, no, you know, one adult or, or, or older boy would be alone or girl would be alone with these kids anywhere. Yeah. Um, and are you, 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 say, you said girl or boy. I, I mean, this when I grew up, this was something that we needed to warn the girls about. I know that's not true these days. Is it pretty evenly split, boys and girls? I would suspect it is. Honestly, I really would suspect it is because, you know, traditionally Western culture, boys have been told that they that there's, you know, never a case where a boy is a victim because that's not masculine. So mm. boys just keep quiet about it or mm. the myth that because I was abused, I'm going to automatically, I'm predetermined to become an offender. These kinds of things silence boys who've been victimized, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, 
yeah, so, yeah, again, this idea, like, do they, if you're in a situation with other adults, the person that you might be concerned about, do they relate to other ad- adults or are they just solely focused on the kids, right? right? Yeah, yeah. You know, adults should have healthy adult relationships. And and sadly, you know, scary, a lot of offenders are married, but yeah. it's their cover relationship, unfortunately. Uh, okay. Well, Okay. I know this has been a heavy program, but we need to be uh, educated. And, and some, someone says right now, I wish I was taught this when I was younger. And and that's why we're talking about it. I hear that it. a lot. You, do you hear that a lot? Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. And that's a reflection of people that unfortunately have suffered. And we want to end the suffering, stand up against it. And, you know, <laughs> you may be demonized for taking a strong stand, uh, especially in your schools especially in certain parts of the country these days. But uh, don't don't let them silence you. Stand up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, be bold. Thank you, Dr. Powell. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? Um, I just read something this morning in this book that was a great way to end just a thought. It said, charm is a verb. Right? Like this, this whole idea that they're charming us. The offenders would charm us, yeah, right? It's an yeah. action. It's an action word. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you got to see where those actions are going. And uh, I, I think if you're a Christian, you already have a, a great tool within you, the Holy Spirit, to, to guide you. But at the same time, I've seen it happen in churches where God-loving people were stunned. Uh, and so uh, use all the tools, the knowledge, uh Prayer, the Holy Spirit, yes, but awareness, conversations, resources, uh, throw everything at this because this is evil. And uh, I think part of our calling on this earth is to stand up and say, that's wrong, that's evil, and I'm going to do everything within my power to not let bad things happen, especially to our children. Again, lest, lest a child walk away from their faith because of it. Yeah, yeah, boy, it's big. Thank you so much. I do appreciate your insight. My pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate you guys watching. If you know somebody needs to hear this, hit, hit share and just say, hey, let's be aware. Uh, let's let's not let the, the groomers groom ours, you know. And I will add this. Um, one of the hardest things I've ever faced uh, is, is loving a, a groomer. And that sounds a little weird, but just keep in mind as you go through this process, uh, God wants to save even the worst of us and he can redeem and restore and completely change even a pedophile, which is real weird, but that's how powerful our Lord is. So if you are dealing with someone like that, um, pray for them too, as hard as it is, pray for them too, that God would change them. May I add just a little bit to that? Absolutely. If we don't confront them, we don't give them the we don't force them to repent. Mm, that's true. Yeah. 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 Confront, confront firmly, <laughs> but in love with, with redemption yeah. as the goal, but also protection as the priority. So again, thank you guys for yeah, watching. Hit like, days. hit follow, hit subscribe uh, and come back next week. We've got some really good ones next week. So I look forward to it. I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. You're the freak. You're the fruit. You're the fruit. Exports.